1: very well. Thank you so much for asking. Well,
0: I'm always <laughs> interested, you know. I'm totally I'm interested in so? how you're
1: doing. But yeah. I think
0: we need to go ahead and acknowledge for all of our listeners that we were at a wine tasting before we,
1: yes. we came to Dice That's studio. true. So we are extra invigorated and excited. We've already had yeah. great conversation before we started rolling. Which right,
0: is, right. Some yeah. fantastic Prosecco. And uh, so I think, I mean, we're all about honesty and transparency here, (laughs) clearly speaking, and I just think they should be aware.
1: And we're going to drink more. Be forewarned. Yeah. And who knows where
0: it's going to (laughs) go. We have an entire bottle to drink tonight, and uh, we've already been drinking at a wine tasting, supporting our local businesses here in St. Louis, letting, letting, you know, as they start out, um, you know, the... Uh, Chateau Maplewood. Oh my gosh. A nice little uh, wine bar in the uh, city of Maplewood, which is in St. Louis County for the people who are not from St.
1: Louis. A really sweet couple opened up that place. And today, our friend who was previously on the show, Meredith, yes, um such- uh, yeah, she. Uh, has a, a winemaker in town, and we got a chance to meet them, and that was Drink really wine. And of course, and you got an invite to come to the winery. I, d- I so invited myself. I was a little jealous. I'm not like, invited, but you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna. I said I'm
0: gonna be in in um, Italia near venice in uh in yeah, september a few weeks. i
1: could swing by your winery and he said sure here's my card so, my card. <laughs> <laughs> so i i love that we are going to keep this um delicious drinking fest um you know rolling and moving forward here and uh we definitely have a Treat of a bottle to enjoy for this conversation. So let me roll into that, shall I? Absolutely. So today we are drinking a Pouilly Fuisse made Ooh. by Louis Jadot. We've had a Pouilly Fuisse before. We have, yeah, during the holiday season, and it was marvelous.
0: Right, it was a Claude, it was a Claude Nolli, right? Pouilly Fuisse.
1: And this is this is Louis Jadot. It's twenty seventeen. Um, this is, I mean, again, you know, the puy Fousses can be a little bit on the pricier side, which right. isn't in our typical desired price point that we seek out. However, as far as puy Fousses go, this is a very reasonable price point at twenty five dollars. I, I think that is because I, mm-hmm. I believe the
0: Clone lee was about twenty eight dollars. Mm-hmm. That and I was like, well, yeah, I will get the twenty eight dollars one like or seventy five like, bucks. Yeah.
1: right <laughs> I mean, I, and I, you
0: know, and I really loved the, our our guests during that show. It was my mom and my daughter. Water and uh, But I didn't love them that much To spend $65 <laughs> However, I would I would definitely buy this bottle Yeah Even though I haven't had any yet
1: I was wink, really wink. excited when Jason pulled this bottle for us And, um, and I gave it a, a just pre-taste You know, before the show here And I, you know, already I'm just, <gasps> I can't wait for it to just warm up a little bit Because, you know, I like some of these nicer Full-bodied wines to relax a little um, But, I mean, it is Pretty spectacular out on the nose. You it it has some oak on it. You're going to get some butter. I get almond, some lemon zest on the palate. All of that comes through with green apple, some spice, white pepper, a little flint. I mean, mm. it is lush and lovely. It
0: smells fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think?
0: It is. Amazing. (laughs) It It really is. Um, I think we need to talk to Jason about uh, when he's providing bottles for us to have on the show. They need to be bigger bottles. <laughs> I know. You know, because so, these wines are so fantastic. Mm. And then we're sharing it with not just you and me, but with our guests guest and our and then, producer. Yeah, and, and, and and then right. you and I don't get nearly as much as I want. I
1: think we need to go to two bottles per show now, don't okay, you think? Okay, that's, that's mm. dangerous.
0: <laughs> that's dangerous. We might need to take a poll with our audience first. Do you want yeah. us on two bottles? Um, but it, is, it is delightful.
1: Yeah. So you yeah. hear
2: Anne Bingham in the background here. Hello. Hi, and welcome Hi. to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here. Oh,
1: well, we're <laughs> absolutely thrilled to have you. So first of all, before we tell
2: everybody who you are, tell us what you think about the wine. This is absolutely amazing. Yay. It just gets better and better and better. It's it's really wonderful. I kind of think of like white lilies as I'm mm-hmm. drinking it. Oh, I
1: do. I agree yeah. with you. It's got a lovely kind of floral, white flowers and jasmine kind of
2: quality about it. I think yeah. that's a really good
1: call. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it's just, I kind of want to just put a straw on it and just like slowly <laughs> sip on it. It's really good. It is, yeah. See, again, we need another bottle. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And
0: you know what I liked about the Puy Fusé when we had it before was, um, uh, because it's a different, to me it's like a different, it's a... It's not your typical white wine, mm-hmm. and so if you are, let's say, you're a, a Chardonnay drinker all the time, mm-hmm. um, but you want to try something else, I think you can drink a Poufoufay and be fine. If you're mm-hmm. a red wine drinker and you want like a white wine that has like a little more heart to it, I think the Poufoufay is so. yeah. is totally um, in in that wheelhouse.
1: Yeah. Well, this is a hundred hundred percent Chardonnay grape um, in this bottle. But why does and, it why uh, does it
0: not taste like Typical Chardonnay, to well, me. because
1: you're comparing it to California or New World Chardonnay,
0: okay, right?
1: Versus you know a French Chardonnay, which this is or this is you know an Old World style. So it's not about like oversaturation of the fruit. You know, it's okay. it's it's they they keep things much more elegant and you know and and of course the yeah. region that it's grown in which is this is you know this is from the Bouifousé region so it's it's okay. going to have the character of the of that region of that area
2: yeah, yeah absolutely elegance so. a really good word for it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's a really good word for it much like then. our show, yes, <laughs> elegant
0: at all times, all the time, all the time. <laughs> it should
1: be elegantly speaking instead of literally speaking. No, right? no. When you think of clitorally speaking,
0: you think elegance.
1: <laughs> right. You think diamonds. You think yes. you know Hollywood glamour.
0: Totally, totally. Yes. yeah, rhinestones. <laughs> well, yes. well, well, uh, yeah. Swarovski yeah. crystals. Yep. Yeah, those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's what comes to mind.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: when you're thinking literally speaking, the podcast. However, I know you're waiting for like my take on this wine, yeah. um, and I think elegance is the right word. I mean, if if this bottle of Pruvissay were a panty, it would be it would be one of those, um, like, I'm gonna say like one of those very very special pairs of either like like satin shiny panties that you. Have in its own special case in your lingerie drawer that you pull out on very special occasions when you feel the most beautiful.
1: So, like, are they made of feathers? Like, what makes them so delicate that they need to be in a case?
0: Well, Emily, they're not made of feathers, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I I'm not like sure. I'm know, not sure of any panties made of feathers. <laughs> um, how I I. I, right, I mean, I, I have a pair. <laughs> we have to talk about that. We need to talk about the fact that you have a pair of panties made of feathers, and how effective is that, really? <laughs> I mean, and um, and how hygienic is that? You know, well, feathers like feathers are placed
1: in very specific. <laughs> you know, like
0: Spot. oh, okay, so it's yeah. not entirely made of feathers, right? Okay, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I'm thinking it's just one of these.
0: Um, it could be satin. It could be silk. It is such a special pair that you. You reserve it for for those special moments when you feel like you feel the most beautiful. Some people might wear it on their wedding night. Some people okay. might wear it the day they get divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. Some people might wear it. But
1: it's on their sofa watching Netflix. If
0: that's a mm-hmm. special night yeah. for you, and yeah. you've got the poufousse, and you want to wear that, that underwear, some people might wear it the day they get the new Ose massager from oh. Laura DiCarlo Company, right? Yes. You know, you might wear it on that first date. But whenever you, mm-hmm. whatever you feel most beautiful, and okay. so so it can be whatever color you yeah. want it to be. Yeah. Um, but I see it like a satiny, like a shiny, like it's. I like it. Yeah, an elegant pair. I cannot wait until yeah.
1: we have our own panty line. I really oh can't. Oh my gosh, yes! I know because all of these wine descriptions that have become panties. Yeah. Yes, you know, like
0: we'll seriously, have, we'll have the Emily line with feathers. <laughs>
1: And pearls. Uh, and
0: pearls And pearls and <laughs> studs and leather studs. And uh, then we'll have Michelle's, you know, this is your laundry day, Panny, and this is this is this is your kind of feeling like not so great about yourself, Panny, and then oh my god, you like you you feel sexy again, Panny. N- mm-hmm. And not a thong because we'll just, you know, itch all night, you know, all the time.
2: Oh, I disagree. You need the right thong. Yeah. Uh, i
0: apparently I haven't well, all right, girls, let me ask you that, right? Yeah. I, there have been times in my life I have worn a thong and, you know, it's, and it wasn't as pleasurable as I would think it would be yeah. because I just felt like I had something in my butt the whole time.
1: So I've found that the right fit yes, a thong is important to yes. your point, Anne. And I also find them to be more comfortable than a traditional panty because what happens I have a curvy butt Mm -hmm. and what happens when I walk around if I'm wearing a traditional panty the panties kind of just walk on up giving you a version of a really big (laughs) thong is all in there as opposed to just this little piece of fabric that's you know Meant to do that very yep. specific thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So,
2: for me, the stretchy ones are not my favorite. Um, and so, as we're talking about like what's the panty that goes with this, I'm thinking like back in the day, Fredericks of Hollywood had these great um, satiny, like flutter edged
1: thongs mm-hmm. yeah.
2: that were um, the back of them was just like. A piece of like a string, yeah. Elastic, yeah. It it, it wasn't even elastic, it was just 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 like a ribbon, it it was just like a bit of a ribbon, yeah. And and so it just fit really beautifully. But then you didn't have that weird, I sat down and now my panties are stretched, and then I feel like I gotta dig stuff out. (laughs) And so, um, but that's actually what the wine reminds me of It's just like. You know, a really soft, like Tiffany blue, kind of oh, a yeah. um, kind of a color with just that flutter on the side, and just this really, like, slim bit of
1: um, of satin, satin just ribbon. in, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting um, about that. Like, I think about how, as women, we're often very self-conscious about our butts. Yep. And it's interesting to me that often the pairs of panties that expose, that are cheeky or expose more of my butt, I feel like my butt actually looks better than the ones that, like, cut it off, you know, like, that are, like, more the granny panty cut or the Mm -hmm. traditional, whatever you call it, scoop cut or whatever. And it's interesting to me that I feel like, oh, it looks better with less fabric, which Mm -hmm. makes me think, why don't swimsuits, why don't they cut swimsuits to be more representative of how panties are cut? Well,
2: I have my own theory on that.
0: Yeah, please do, because I, right now, I can't imagine a a swimsuit
2: with feathers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I... I, (laughs) Well, I love the ruffles
1: on the sides, though. I do. Huge fan. Yeah,
2: well, and I think that, you know, first of all, feathers and water are probably not the way you want to go, but um, birds get wet. Birds do get wet, but they don't, I don't know that, anyway. Um, (laughs) But You know, I think that we, it's no secret, like the beauty industry tells us that we're never good enough. We're never good enough. So doing um, what I do for a living, you know, my, I clearly don't fit like the mold for, um, for people in fitness. And it took me a little while to get over that. And. When people go out into the beach, I have a really dear friend who just told me that she's really unhappy because um, in the last couple of years, she's gained a lot of weight. And I personally think she is gorgeous. I mean, my God, her boobs look amazing right now. And um, she got what she calls like a mom suit. Mm -hmm. And I think she looks amazing. So she can hide on the beach. yeah. Yeah. And I think she looks amazing in a bikini. But somewhere... We got the idea that you have to be a size four to be in a bikini. And I really love what I'm seeing now of do you want to wear a bikini? Then you have a bikini body. Right. And and so I think we still have a bit of this like Puritan modesty of um, our butts shouldn't really be shown. Because, I mean, let's face it. We do it to other women, too. Mm-hmm. We see women on the beach and we're like you know oh she looks great in that but oh my god she probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. and we just need to like stop that i mean when you see a woman who is like rocking an outfit it doesn't really matter what size she is she's got the confidence it's amazing yeah
1: yeah more uh you know i i love that as a culture Body positivity is becoming more and more a part of the conversation. There are more people in the celebrity light that are known for being body positive and, um, you know, more companies are embracing that. I think it's really, really important. Um, but it's a, still a big – you're right. There's a that Puritan – you know, perspective is still very entrenched oh, yeah. into our society and into our culture and into our aesthetics. Yeah, you know, and um, so I, I do love this new movement, but I think it's going to take a long time. Uh, yeah, I think it starts with individuals
0: understanding about um, about why their body is shaped the way it is, mm, or why yes. they why they are 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 never going to be a size zero or a size two. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they are a bad person. Right. And that doesn't mean that they have more failings right. and that they're mm-hmm. not, not beautiful. I uh I was reading somewhere online um and it might have been um something that Amy Rivera had posted, you mm-hmm. know, she was on mm-hmm. our, our show before. But it was about um changing the the words of when somebody is overweight. Mm-hmm. We have said for decades probably centuries you you say i am fat as if that is a you like that's a like that's a moral um uh Explanation or declaration. So it's on who like saying, "I
1: am Christian. I am. Right. I am fat." When right. you really
0: need to say, "I have fat.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Because then you know, I then don't you say own it. Then you you don't say I have. I am diabetes. I right. am cancer. I am. Lupus, okay. I am fibromyalgia. Right, you have all of those things, and you are working on your finding your treatment for those things. Right. So, if we can shift the conversation to being from "I am fat," to "I have fat," or "I have obesity," and mm. now I'm working on my treatment for right. that.
2: You're right. If you want to work on your, well, treatment if you do, right. if, that, if you do, but right. it, but it
0: takes it away from being a Personality flaw.
2: And the reality is in many cases, um there are deeper things at play. Exactly. And so y- you know, um, emotional eating is not about willpower. Never was. Yeah. But how many people, when you know, they go to the refrigerator and have ice cream, are like, oh my gosh, I'm failing because I can't stop myself from eating. And the regret th- and right. right, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad person, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that is there's a lot of biology that goes into play with that, mm-hmm. that is overrunning anything that has to do with willpower. Mm-hmm. And you can try to hold that off. But depending on what's going on with you, if you are having anxiety, if you are depressed, if you're going through PTSD, then there is biology that is hitting you, that is hitting your um, sympathetic nervous system, that is causing fight or flight, mm-hmm. that is telling you, I need to eat things with sugars and with carbs because I need to gear up for fighting and flight. Oh, and sure. that, it really doesn't matter the logic. Right. Because when that system takes over, it shuts down logic. You don't mm-hmm. need logic when you're trying to run away from a saber-toothed tiger. No. What you need to do is get the hell out, right? Mm-hmm. Right,
0: and, and we're not running away from saber-toothed tigers today, but we have we do have situations in our lives that create stresses mm-hmm. that could that on a biological level match. If Absolutely. we have to run, and it could be something that if you're in your job or in a relationship or trying to sell a house or whatever it is mm-hmm. that's causing you to have a level of stress and anxiety that maintain itself at that at at, a, at a, um, an excessive level for days on end or weeks on end, it doesn't matter, right? What you eat, your right. body is going to say, "Oh, I, I've got to, I've got to take every bit of it, hold on to it," because. We need to be right. strong because we're gonna we're gonna be doing X Y Z. But I don't think I mean because I know I mean I'm 50 and I I can remember back to all all the messages that I received growing up. You know, it was never it was never something a biological issue going on if you were not a zero or a four. You know, if you were anything, if you were a plus size model or or it, you had extra weight, it, it it was it defined who you yes. were versus. I have a metabolic syndrome happening right now, right. and I don't know why, mm-hmm. and I need to figure that out, right. but that doesn't mean that I am less beautiful, less smart, less funny, less confident, well, you know, probably a little less confident, but but we as women and a society, we we throw that, we mm-hmm. we throw that on people. Mm-hmm. And I, when I read that, I thought that was just such a, a beautiful shift that I wished... I had heard that um perspective mm-hmm. thirty, yeah. forty years ago. Yeah. Where it wasn't like, well, you know, you're such a pretty girl if you did yeah, this. If you just yes. did that. Yeah. And you know, you know, all the, the pressure you know, that's put on us right, there. Right. And
1: you know, I I, I resign- Don't eat
0: that. Don't eat that. And you have to you have to think about I'm sorry, I'll get off my, my um my soapbox once the podcast is over. However, um <laughs> You know, we we think that somebody who is who's not the uh, the physical ideal is somebody who has weak willpower, mm-hmm. obviously is making wrong choices, right. obviously is sitting there in her his or her house, eating, eating, eating. And and you can talk to ninety five percent of the people who are struggling with a weight issue and they're not that at all. Right. And it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I like what you said, Anne, about um, the fact that food it, it actually there's a bigger, deeper thing going on like physiologically mm-hmm. like the body and i I think of just just like think, think about like when it's your period, yeah, you know, and you crave chocolate and some of these other meat and some of these other things, and I mean, you can very clearly see the reason why your body is craving those things mm-hmm. there's actually a good reason for it mm-hmm. so you know in addition to um the fight or flight syndrome you know there's other reasons why our bodies are, are craving these things and and trying to get your mindset into uh, not feeling guilty about it when you need to have that chocolate that right. day you right. know yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just need to you know, honor what your body's telling yeah. you you need. But it's very, it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. Like every time I open up that chocolate bar, I'm like, God, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm mad at myself. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm going
2: to have to go do more on the elliptical or more right. whatever. And, you know, we need to kind of get beyond that. Yeah, like we, do. we don't, we don't burn to, um, you know, burn to earn or, or whatever it is. Right. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. And, um, And at some point, food has to not be our enemy. Food is something that is nourishing us for the activities that we want to do and the life that we want to live. And so if part of that is that it's really important in my life that I'm able to sit around with my girlfriends and drink some wine, Mm -hmm. then that stays in my life. That's a priority. Period. And you do not have to apologize to anybody for that.
1: So this, this really ties into, you know, you'd mentioned that you are somebody who specializes in health. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that you're a yoga teacher. What is the name of your... Yeah. Actually, you're not just... You have
2: a, a, a business, I right? do. Yeah. So, um, so my business is called Kula Yoga, yeah. and Kula means community. And I came into this business... Because um, I actually have a chronic illness, so I have a rare form of migraine that um, about one in a hundred thousand people have, and so I can bore you with a very, very long uh, diagnosis name. But basically, sure, go ahead. Yeah, uh. right, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's complex reticular hemiplegic. Migraine with vestibular disturbance. So that's okay. super easy to say,
1: and <laughs>
2: um, it's a genetic migraine, which basically means that my symptoms, in addition to showing up as the traditional like pain migraine, also present as stroke symptoms. They wow. look like stroke, um, and so I, I'm I have aphasia, which, mean, which means I um, at times can't speak. I lose function on the right side of my body. I lose sight in my right eye. Um, My right side of my body tingles and I lose motor control on the right side of my body. When you're having a migraine like that? And how often do you have them? So there was a time in my life where I was having those up to 25 days a month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And- On the
0: other five days, she was on her period. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so It just sucked. Yeah, my poor husband was just like,
2: holy <laughs> crap. And my daughter um, was lucky enough to inherit this from me. So the first time she had an episode like this, she um, she fell on the floor in the hallway of her dorm and her roommate w- tried to call me, but before they were able to get in touch with me and I could say, yes, this is a migraine, it's okay. We just need to get her some medicine. They called the ambulance and she was taken to the hospital and given scans and all of those kinds of things to be told she had a migraine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I had been, never had she had never had one before then she had had the pain once, mm-hmm. um, okay, but not the but not this the, and the stroke yeah, symptoms, not the type. stroke symptoms, okay. And so, yeah, for the people around yeah. her, it was like really Scary. frightening, yeah. Um, for the for my husband, for my son who live with us, they're they're a bit used to it at this point and they're like, okay, so now we kind of know what to do, but it the onset can be very rapid, and so, um, there have been times where it's hit while I'm driving, and um when I was up to 25 pain days a month, I was a director of a um, a really well-known preschool in the area and lights, um, bright lights and a lot of sound is our triggers okay and that's so a uh, preschool you. with a bunch yeah. of children that's both that's bright yeah. lights and a lot of sound yeah are both um, yeah so so we sort of made the decision that, I needed to retire from, from that career, which I had done for thirty years. It was all I had ever done. Wow! No wonder
1: you were having a regular chain of these migraines. For, yeah, you
2: know. Yeah. Oh
1: my goodness. And so I. How long did it? Okay, I'm sorry to no, interrupt you, okay. but it's like okay, if you were dealing with this at that level for a long time, um, when was this actually diagnosed? How when long I did was you 10. live with it? Oh, okay. When I was
2: ten. So, and I started having the the traditional head headaches at that point um and then gosh I was probably in college when I had my my first um hemiplegic Mm -hmm. episode and then they just started progressively getting worse um I wonder if they were I'm not a doctor but I'm gonna throw something out there like
0: were were they like Also hormone related, because, you know, if you didn't have that before puberty, you had the migraines first. But then once once you've gone through puberty in college, you would, you know, pretty much, you know, done in air quotes with puberty. And then I wonder if it was triggered hormonally as well.
2: So mine are not many women. They are. okay. Um, mine are triggered to some extent by the weather. Um, So like changes in barometric pressure storms coming in, things like that there's lots and lots and lots of triggers for migraines and it it's really funny i laugh with my neurologist that you know if there's a something that yes this this benefits 50% of the of patients i'm on the other 50 50%. Okay, yeah. this benefits 90% i'm in the 10. and um, and so we tried lots of things i did acupuncture i got um, a piercing on a pressure point that is often very helpful um, Where is that? Uh, it's in my ear. It's a daith piercing. Okay, so yes, if you have migraines and they're not Responding um, try a daith piercing. It actually helps about 70% of people. Whoa, so yeah, it can be very very helpful um, but one of the things that a friend recommended to me was trying yoga so I did that out of desperation, and that was uh, about 22 years ago. Wow. And that did actually help. So relaxing the muscles, meditating, doing specific Mm -hmm. breathing techniques really helped. And then probably 10-ish years ago, my neurologist said, so this is no longer a suggestion. This is part of your treatment plan. And... So I continued with that when the I yoga was no longer
0: a suggestion
2: but it yeah, was part it's um, part okay. of the treatment plan. Okay. And so then um interestingly enough if you have a medical condition such as migraines, uh, diabetes, fibromyalgia, um cancer, anything that responds well to to yoga, you can actually um have a conversation with your doctor and if he approves it you, then your health your health um, insurance not insurance but your uh, health savings account okay. will pay for yoga oh so wow. there's okay. that so anyway, I uh, did yoga and then when we realized that I needed to move out of the role that I was in, I had been doing yoga with the kids at the preschool for a long time. that kind of morphed into doing yoga with the teachers because teachers got sure. love and have a lot of stress and then we did yoga with the kids and their parents. And so my husband said, you know, maybe you take this and this becomes your second career. And my initial thought was I was going to do yoga with kids. And as I continued further into it, I just got really drawn into working with people who were struggling with their bodies. So Mm -hmm. either they had an illness, they had an injury, they were not comfortable with their bodies. So maybe they had obesity or... Um, Just for whatever reason, we're not comfortable going into a traditional yoga studio. Yeah. 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 And so I created this space, which our classes are about 10 people um, at the most. And the way we do yoga is a little bit different. So when you come in, we don't have a set practice. So we don't just sit down and like run through Mm -hmm. a bunch of poses. We sit down and talk about how is your body feeling today and where do we need to work and there is a lot of genuine laughter and silliness that happens in our classes because we need to just stop and really connect with what our body's trying to tell us. It yeah. sounds
1: like it's kind of a support group in in addition to, a,
2: oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. A class. yeah. And um, I don't run like, this is our fibromyalgia class or this right. is our lupus class, um because, we, we get a lot of that. Like if you're in, if you have a chronic illness, you're seeing a ton of doctors and sometimes you need to not be a patient. Yeah. Um, but you also need some, something that you can go into a safe space where you can just like really be angry about something that's happening for you. And so there's no expectation of coming in and sitting on the mat and just being like, Now I'm finding my peace today. I hope you find that at the end. But if you want to come in and you need five minutes to just, like, scream and curse and, like, everybody's cool with that. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting into weird positions. And so, like, if you can't find humor with that, what is the point, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's sort of where this all developed
0: and, um, That's, since you've been doing yoga as long as you have, and, and now practicing out, you know, with the, with your studio, um, and, uh, since you've left the preschool yeah. world, how many pain days a month do you have now?
2: You know, it varies. Um, it, uh, I will say this, this spring has been challenging because the weather has not yeah. been kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I'm probably down to 10 or less. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And your whole quality of life has changed. My whole quality of life has changed. And I have very intentionally um, decided to connect with different parts of my life. And there are ways that I do that. I go out of my way to do things that are new for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, just like trying this wine, when you Mm asked which wine we wanted to try, I'm like, well, I haven't tried that. So let's do this one. And... There's, you know, we moved from the suburbs where my husband and I settled. I grew up in South St. Louis and um, we chose to move to South St. Louis so that we didn't have much of a commute, that we could walk to a neighborhood pub, that we could Mm -hmm. go to places that weren't chain restaurants, Mm -hmm. you know. You had to
0: drive everywhere. No, I mean,
2: yeah, I feel like my car, like... I don't know. Once a month, yeah. I mean, it's um, there's just so much more life in our life now. Yeah, it's great. So your practice, you've you've developed community,
1: yeah. and now you're also living and working in a place that's really truly a community. Absolutely, right? which is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I think that's wonderful that you've found a way to um, manage this. You know this ailment that you have, and give back to others. I'm, I'm curious um, when you talk about your symptoms being similar to that of a stroke. Um, you know, I think of the impact that a stroke has on a body. Mm-hmm. Are there, are there, um, is there any kind of long term impact from the migraines? Is there the possibility of having brain damage or damage to any of the t- tissues or muscles that are affected by the by the. the Portion.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. not that we're aware of although I'm sure if you asked my husband he would likely have a different <laughs> answer to that. No, um so there's so at this point there's no research supporting that mm-hmm. um that there's a link. Although there is some preliminary research that shows that people with migraines might be at a greater risk for Alzheimers. Oh, sure. Um and we do know that at least in my family because we have a very long history of migraines um we also have a very very strong genetic link from for alzheimers as mm-hmm. well so i don't know how connected those two are sure. but we do know that at least in my family those two things coexist okay yeah are you concerned
0: for yourself and for your daughter on that possibility of
2: alzheimers as a as an outgrowth of these migraines um, I, I think it's very likely that I will at some point develop Alzheimer's. Um, my, I have two great aunts who had it, my grandmother and my mother. Yeah. So I, I think the odds are very Higher. likely that I'm probably going to develop it. Um, and so, you know, yoga helps with my, with, yeah. um, Alzheimer's and doing things that keep me cognitively aware and, um, you know, trying new things yeah, right trying, that's part of trying, trying, trying new things, new things. things. Yeah. yeah i
0: you know i remember saying to some people um uh several months ago we were doing this exercise of you know sharing our vulnerabilities and you know i i worry about that i worry mm-hmm. about like getting alzheimer's oh yes
1: um i do as well i it's it's and, heavily in my and family and that's yeah. it's not
0: heavily in my family mm-hmm. that we're aware of but it's still you know there's there's that concern and that worry that that it's out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I suffer from, um, I still, I consider residual effects of chemotherapy where I have like chemo brain where mm-hmm. I cannot, that I know the word, I will describe yep. the word, I'll define <laughs> it, I'll do everything, but I cannot get to what the actual word and is. That
2: is exactly what I experience with the aphasia.
0: Okay. That
2: I will, I will actually even pantomime stuff out mm-hmm. um, because I'm like, I'm trying to explain stuff and I'm like, but I literally cannot produce words. Yes. Yeah. Can you write them? No. Oh, no. Wow.
0: Yeah. I remember my, I, my kids joke about this. This was right after I was done with treatment, but I was trying to, um, we were painting William, my youngest's room, and I wanted them to go get the the material from the basement that you put in the holes in the wall, and then you fill it up, right? And it's called um, dry decks. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying it's spandex, but it's not because <laughs> right. it's spackle. Right and the, and the commercial name is Drydex, but I was like, it's spandex, but it's not. Mm. You need to get me the spandex that's not spandex yep. for the wall. And I mean, they're like, what is it? I said, yeah, it was. It was very frustrating. And then it got better, you know, as time went mm-hmm. on, because I, am you know, that further away from yeah. from treatment and stuff. But but I still have there. There are times I was talking to my son, uh, my twenty year old, the other day, and I wanted him. I, I said, I need you to go ahead and the word was confirm, like confirm mm-hmm. something, and I said I need you to make sure that what it is that you're saying that he's saying is actually true but that's not the word <laughs> um, and I right. couldn't, like I, I was hitting everything, every other word in the thesaurus but confirm yep. mm-hmm. and he's like, are you saying confirm? I'm, I'm like, yeah and then I leave that, I go is this, is mm-hmm. this a sign? know, and, and I don't know how how I don't know how you try to not let that worry take over every day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's there are times where it becomes like incredibly frustrating. And I have a good support system around me um, that really helps me to kind of keep it in perspective. And I, I really do sort of look at it as... We we really have but one life, and mm-hmm. so I I can't continue to worry about that because I can't control it. It's going to happen or it's not, and I can really only just experience the stuff I want to do right now, which is why I. It's a tricky thing for me because because if I get overtired, then I'm more at risk okay. for right. flares. But at the same time, I. I'm definitely going to experience stuff that I want to experience mm-hmm. because, um, because you know, I think I told you when we met the other day that our family motto is become make stories. Right, Because I say that, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to be... 90 years old and think so what did I do with my life well right. I was able to keep that Alzheimer's obey but, <laughs> I, but I didn't do anything right because I, I didn't I stress I, myself or I, push it I have it. my memories but I actually don't have any, don't have any memories of note yeah, yeah. yeah. so I think
1: um, keeping it in perspective is such a really good point and I you know I think about as adults All that we have going on in our lives and Michelle, I mean, my goodness, with everything you have going on with, you know, your three children and moving an office and just all the other things that you have going on, it's no surprise that sometimes we forget a word. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just yeah. things that I think our minds like, I'm worried about all these other things right now. And you want me to find out what yeah, confirm yeah, right. is or so, spandex, right. it's not yeah. spandex. I mean, I think we just need to cut ourselves some breaks because I think that I think that, that is a normal human thing. Yeah. That we have as a result of being you know, having more than one venture going on, right. being multitaskers, being well. I, I you guess. Know. I mean, I hear
0: you on that. I but I I have to come back a little bit because, I you know, early diagnosis in the cancer world is is the, an easier way to be cured. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't. My concern is I I need to make sure I'm not discounting. That, that, you're not missing things. that I'm not missing something that I would be like, oh gosh, if you just if you just shown up last year when you were having these word problems, we could have helped you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I have to I find that balance, you know, between the two. Right. Um, but I do I do find inspiration from from you, Anne, and and your family's motto: make stories, make memories, um, try new things. You know, and and you walked away from a, a career that. Although it was giving you lots of pain many, many days of the month, it gave you lots of joy as well. Absolutely. To walk away for your health, it was, it was like it, you had to, but then you're walking into the unknown, which is an entire, entirely another set of stressors or anxiety, but you did it and you're and you're continuing to survive.
2: Yeah, and but I have to tell you that like, so doing those one new things... Um, which
0: we have to explain to yeah. our listeners. They ha- uh, okay. You go ahead and explain what one new thing is because I would do. I would yeah. not do it justice.
2: So um, eight and a half years ago, a friend at work and I decided for a New Year's resolution that we were going to do one new thing a month and we were going to post it on Facebook. And then after probably four or five months, she was out. She was like, you know, you sort of, get there's to, every, I've done everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you do sort of get to a point where you're like, oh my God, this is now stressing me out and I can't find a new thing. So I'm done. Well, um, I kind of got there too. And then weirdly enough, stuff just sort of like started showing up. Itself, yeah. yeah. And so then I, I got through that first year and I'm like, Holy cow. I like, kept a news resolution for a year. And then I just kept doing it. And my family got involved with it. And I was really lucky to have two really good kids. And so their teenage years were, um, I'm not going to say a cakewalk, because if you guys are watching, you know it wasn't a cakewalk. (laughs) But they, they really were really good kids. They didn't do any crazy nonsense. And As they started getting ready to, like, mature, go off to college, think about going off to college, their dad and I said, you know, these are the times where you, like, you make stories and you do those crazy things where you look back and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I survived that. And their dad and I each had some of those. Oh, we all do. And But my kids didn't. Really? No. They never even went to the parties. They never drank. They never, like, legit never drank. Wow. And— um, and so we kind of said, as they were doing things, we're like, "This is a make stories moment." So then they so we're started, all going to crawl out of the house tonight after yeah. curfew and take your dad's well, car. And so we have them in places where, like, we intentionally put their rooms in places where that would have been difficult. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. they, um, so, th- so we that started to become our family motto, and they started doing one new things, and they would text us. And still do actually do, hey, this was my one new thing. Um, which I think we might talk about one of them in, yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. But um, they, so um, as I was doing those, then stepping away from this 30-year career and starting something new. Oh. While, was this? This scary, okay. and what a great precursor. While at the same time, so we did. Th- I did that in January, and then we sold our house in the burbs that we had lived in for twenty three years, mm-hmm. and a month later moved back into the city. All of this happened within like three months, but all of it for me and for our family was just like, oh, it's just another new thing. That's great. Okay, what a wonderful way to warm everybody up with to that concept of yeah.
1: change.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't. It, it just wasn't a thing. We were just like, okay. So if this falls flat, we'll just try something else because we tried it and Mm -hmm. we'll just you know it was a new thing okay yeah Yeah. a new thing that worked or a new thing that didn't work yeah yeah.
1: well I think ladies I think it would be really great to take a really brief break to make sure we all have full glasses (laughs) and I would love to learn about your favorite new thing that you you did during this period when we come back yeah absolutely okay sounds great thank you right back We've been talking a little bit today about migraines. If you remember, we had a previous episode where we had an amazing conversation with Julia Greco. Um, The show is called Crazy Young Mother, where we learn of her story of dealing with chronic migraines. If you have not heard that episode, it is one of our top listened to date. Absolutely. You definitely should take a listen. Episode number 10 for those of you that
0: just need the number.
1: That's right. So we hope you're enjoying this conversation today, and definitely check out Julia's. And we're back. So Anne, we challenged you to think about what is the new favorite thing that you have experienced as you have embraced this challenge of a, discovering something new each month? I mean, beyond doing the podcast today, <laughs> yes. we, we recognize that that is like the
2: top. Yes, which, by the way, before we leave, I need to get a picture. Oh, do. Oh, totally absolutely. So that, yes. So I actually have two. Um, so the first one, and it was my favorite for a very, very long time was I did the trapeze. Oh, wow. Yes. That and wasn't scary at all. No, no. It was um, It was really cool because some of the people that were there with us, there was a woman who all she wanted to do was like climb up the ladder, get to the platform, get right back down. And then um, you got up there and you swung up there, you hooked your knees, And then you'd fall on the net, which was super cool. And then at the end, they're like, okay, so now we have somebody if you want to try doing a catch and release. I'm like, well, hell yes. And so my husband was like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) And so he got down on the ground and videotaped it. And I was giggling and screaming like a three-year-old. Coolest thing ever. Um, Until last month.
0: What did you last month? So
2: last month, so we are like massive, massive blues fans. And Uh, I do mean like my daughter watched her first blues game. In utero. About five five hours after she was born. Yeah, right. My husband's got her on his lap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we got to the blues parade, the Stanley Cup parade at six in the morning. And everything's happening. And I turn around and Alex Petrangelo is standing right in front of me holding the Stanley Cup. And I swear to you, sound and time stood still and I touched the Stanley Cup. Wow! Oh. So yeah, I was like, ah, angels, the whole deal. So, um, so yeah, wow. those two things are pretty oh my tied. God,
1: that is marvelous. Yes. So,
2: people will probably not be able to touch the Stanley Cup like right. that in such an organic way, um, but. The trapeze. Uh, I think it's I, called the trapeze. School? I think that sounds marvelous. I yeah. Love well, to try that. I do
0: know that um, when Circus Flora is going on in St. Louis, and that's yeah. usually in the month of June, the trapeze, which is Circus Harmony. Yeah, it's
2: Circus, yes, circus Harmony. Circus Harmony. They
0: have it outside Circus Flora, and you can do yeah. the trapeze then. Um, oh, and we probably need to when do it's
1: that sometime, Michelle. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm just going to say not on out me. in Chesterfield
0: though. Right. They have it all the all time the out time. in Chesterfield. No, mm. no. Remember, it's just that one
2: month that's already passed. <laughs> it's on my list. Remember, Anne, It's not going to be back around <laughs> till next year. Remember? It's totally worth it, though. <sighs> and again, you know, e- even if... It was really cool to me to see the one woman who was just like, I just want to get to that's me. the platform <laughs> and, and be done. Yeah. Um, but you can really do it at your own pace. And yeah, it's... That was cool. I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat. Okay.
0: You got down and you're like, all right, I'm joining the circus.
1: Oh, I was ready. Yeah. I was
2: ready. I was I'm like, ready when to, can we do it again? I'm ready yeah. to go
1: travel the country yeah. and you
0: know, perform in the circus. Yeah.
1: Get a costume made. <laughs> With
2: feathers. Yes. Feathers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so what about your kids? Do they have any favorites? Yeah. Um, so they so my kids, interestingly enough, what this has really taught them is that they can do absolutely anything. And they don't do like um, so, so my son has autism. He has level one or, uh, autism, which is commonly known as Asperger's. Okay. Um, he's very high functioning and. And how long did that take to diagnose? He was actually 15.
0: Really? Yes. But you knew something was off.
2: Yes. Before. Yes. Okay. I, we were aware that something was not tracking with his development when he was about 18 months. Um, okay. but. He had a brilliant, brilliant series of early childhood teachers. Um, But unfortunately, because of the way diagnosis happens in the state of Missouri, um, it's slow. it's, It's very slow. And an autism diagnosis in particular for a very long time. Was just kids who were much further down on the spectrum. He was, okay. he was very verbal, like really verbal, very very br- brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was not quite savant, mm-hmm. certainly, but he was. Um, he had really strong gross motor skills. Where we were really tipped off was his fine motor skills: his fingers, his hands, his feet, his balance, things mm-hmm. like that. were were really just not tracking, and he really struggled with his, um, w- with sensations. And that's mm. really typical of yeah, kids on is. the spectrum. Right. So when you're
0: talking about sensations, are you talking about like touch, smell, sound, like all of those all things of or those just things. one? All of, all those, of those things. All of those things. And as a, as a, a preschool career you know person yeah. how did that impact you as like a mother like were you did you feel helpless did you feel like my why is it my son i i, I could do this or i could do that i mean how how did it impact the way you approached approached your child well before it, you even had the diagnosis you know it
2: was frustrating because um we and his teachers knew something was not right. Mm. Um, but I had seen this with other kids and with other parents of like, yeah, there's something there, but there's not enough for the tests to pick it up. Mm. And so okay. we um, we did the intervention that we knew to do. Okay. And it, it was tricky with him because a lot of those things that you do to strengthen the fine motor skills were things that you do with, like, Play-Doh and shaving cream. And he was like, "Nep, I'm out. I don't want to touch any of that stuff even a little bit. Um, And, in fact, we were just going through old pictures the other night, and you could really see this progression of this kid who, you know, he he went from, like, in his pictures, he's smiling, he's happy, then he's, like, pretty flat affect, he's not making faces. They withdraw, right? They they do. And, you know... Um, we found this picture and my daughter said, I think this is the last picture we have of him wearing jeans because he went the from, denim. yeah, he, he told me later, he said, it feels like sandpaper on my skin. He can't so wear they have
1: heightened sentences. Yes, really?
2: Yes. Wow. Um, and so, um, so for him, he, and and my daughter is, who is two years older than he is, was really good at sort of interpreting the world for him. And um, interpreting him for the world. Okay. So the two of them, as they got older and started doing new things, really figured out that, like, they weren't going to do all this wild, crazy, he was never in the world going to go up on a trapeze, like, ever. Mm -hmm. That was not ever going to happen. But what he was going to do was the two of them realized that, like, there was no reason in the world that they couldn't advocate and contact anybody that they wanted. So (laughs) it just never occurred to them like, okay, so, you know, my daughter at one point, she's like, hey, so I got an email back from the head of NASA. And I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) What? How what did you, did you do that? send them in the beginning, yeah? And she's yeah. like, "Oh, I had some questions about something one of my college classes said we needed to reach out to a public servant. Everybody else was talking to police officers. I thought this was much more interesting, and you can find any email online." So, oh my god. And she's got this email <laughs> saying, "Oh, by the way, you know, come visit a- me when you when you're in town." And How fun is that? So, one of the things that they did together was they went to a Bernie Sanders rally and ended up like backstage. I mean, they were oh just like,
1: my gosh, we're just going to wander I up here and it. see what happens. If
2: they tell us to leave, we'll leave. And so I've got pictures of this and I'm like, oh my God, the Se- Secret Service are going to show up, whatever. But they that's what they... They're fearless. Yeah, they're completely mm-hmm. fearless. Um, my So probably the funniest thing that has happened for them recently is... I got a text last, I think it was like last Tuesday or Wednesday, from my son.
1: That he is how old now?
2: He is 21. My daughter's 23. Okay. And the text literally read, I'm in a Twitter feud with William Shatner, so that's how my day's going. (laughs) Is he happy about the feud or angry about the feud? (laughs) Well, so it started happy. He thought it was amusing. And then the next day, he's like, this was the worst decision I could have ever made because now I have all these truckies who are angry at me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Seriously, what's this feud about? So um, so my son, he hates it when I call him an advocate, but he's an, ad- he's an advocate. A- how about an activist? He's a- an activist is a really good word. Okay. So um, he is, he speaks out really loudly about autism because he can. He has the luxury of doing that. He's vocal, he's verbal and he can do that and he hopes to help people understand what it's actually like to have autism. Mm-hmm. And William Shatner is dedicated to autism speaks. My son oh. and did he does he have Children? Or? No. No. Okay. No. Just
1: something he's personally
2: yes. interested and passionate about. Yeah. Okay. Um, and pretty ill-informed about it, actually, as it Ooh. turns out. Wow. So um, several years ago, my my son and my daughter wrote an article for The Odyssey about autism speaks and why it doesn't speak for our family. Um, and so— Okay, can I pause
1: you for a yeah, second? Yeah, of course. Autism Speaks. Yes. What do you mean by that? That's the name of the
2: organization. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. Not-for-profit. Oh, okay. It's okay. a not-for-profit. It's probably the best-known autism advocacy organization, and they've made some missteps, okay, to say the least. Um, And a couple of those missteps were they were really promoting the whole vaccines oh, promote sure.
0: Like the, autism that, or, or or trigger autism or yeah
2: yeah yes, yeah. Okay. Um, the scenes
0: are the cause of autism. That was what yeah. they were promoting.
2: Mm-hmm. They um they also don't tend to listen to people with autism. Um, there, the one person that they had with autism on their board, uh, resigned in protest because wow. he wasn't being listened to. Several years ago, they they put out this this video. That um, talked about what life with autism was like. And it really came across as like, if you have a child with autism, your life is over. It was awful. It was hmm. really offensive. Hmm. And so um, my son is not the most diplomatic person in the How world. How is it offensive? What? It Because it really is like, if you have a child with autism, then as a parent, give your life up. Because, Seriously? Yes. Wow. Yes. Because you'll
0: need to devote everything to that every child. Every moment of every, every with... day, it
2: will ruin your finances and probably ruin your marriage. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've intentionally not shared that video because we don't want it to get any more attention. Fair enough. So William Shatner um, was posting something about Autism Speaks and another gentleman with autism, with autism, um, Responded with hey, just a couple things you probably want to know about this William Shatner responded to this guy that You're you just don't know what you're talking about and The um, the autistic man said so I actually am an autistic man and I have done my research and my son stood up for this other guy William Shatner then retweeted my son and basically called him an idiot and um, that he was biased and didn't know what he was talking about. And so my son responded fairly respectfully and William Shatner just insulted him, just insulted him. And then it sort of went downhill from there. And then my daughter saw it and she's like, oh, no, you're insulting my brother. This will not stand. And, you know... She got involved, too? She got involved, too. And, you know, so I'm sort of watching all this, and I'm like, yep. on, You're watching it all ha- unfold
0: in front of you on Twitter.
2: I, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, so... Um, yep. So, honey,
0: we need to sell the house. We have to move again. <laughs> I'm
2: like, <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I was, I was actually really proud. Of cor- Because of they're... I mean, they're really tireless advocates, you know? I mean... Um, my son may not be the most delicate kid in the world, but... It's also part of autism, Yeah, right? (laughs) Is there brutal honesty at times? Yeah, I'm like, dude, you cannot say that out loud. (laughs) And that's where my daughter steps in, because she's like, dude, you can't be an asshole. You just can't be. And he kind of responds with, if they're offended, that's their problem. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. no. Like, you still have to get a job at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's incredibly well-informed, you know? And... He says he doesn't want to be called a person with autism. He is an autistic person because he's, he said to us, this is me. This is who I am. I have blonde hair. I have blue, blue eyes and, and I'm autistic. How do you know where I stop? And the autism begins. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to cure this, that's like telling me you want me to have
1: brown eyes. Oh, I see. So he embraces and loves that side of him, yeah, because it gives him a it gives him a totally different perspective mm-hmm. on the world, which is valuable as well. Absolutely, right? yeah. Absolutely. All of the perspectives are valuable.
0: It seems like there's um, there's a, a, a common thread with you and your son, and you know your your um, occupation, your vocation, yeah. is that you have. And, and and it also ties back to um, our episode with uh, Julia Greco, is that you've been uh, presented with um, challenges, chronic illness, your your son with autism, um, things of that nature. But instead of continuing to uh, beat yourselves up or or or. Or live a live a life of overwhelming stress by trying to fit yourself into society, into the world around you. But you you've instead of taken the situation that, that has been that you've been given and and have embraced and then craft your world to meet you, where you are. Yeah. And 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 do you think that not only living with a chronic illness like you have, but also having a child with autism brought you to that realization way earlier in your life than most people. Like, you know, we all get to that point at some point, you know, at some yeah. phase along our lives. But I wonder if you had the luxury, and that's in quotes, of of getting there before you might have gotten there in a typical privileged sort of no issues world
2: oh I think so and and I've had people who have told me um, who have said to me well it's not like Ryan has real autism no way what? oh yes oh yes um, and it it really bothers me because he is he is functioning really highly now but they didn't see him when he was four and anytime we would go out to a restaurant and he would hide under the table because there was too much going on. Mm. Or we would go to a, uh, we went to Shedd's Aquarium and in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the second time we went, we went with other people and we turned right instead of turning left. And nobody realized that we apparently had established a pattern one time um, by turning left. And, you he threw a massive tantrum and couldn't tell us what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is a kid who was very verbal, who had good motor skills and good problem solving skills for the most part. And he was nine and he would, he went and put his nose in a corner for 25 minutes until he could get to the point to tell us that we went the wrong way and we're supposed to see the sharks first. Okay. And so um, it's gotta be such a helpless feeling as a parent. Yeah, and yeah. and it really is. You know, it is. It it's not easy, but at the same time, um, I I I really do feel like we were given a gift because we really did get to see that, like, we have kids that are brilliant and incredibly gifted at what they do and they are vocal and nothing stops them Mm -hmm. and the world is a difficult and demanding place and it's also a really cool place if you look at it from a lot of different angles and we got the opportunity really early we were challenged to look at it from a lot of different Different angles. angles and um and so, being able to do that, you know, my daughter laughs. She's like, "I can tell you exactly what we had on a Tuesday of any given any given week because <laughs> it was always tacos. It was always tacos. And so I know for her, life was not always easy. But they are now so incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has the ability to work with anybody. Of any persuasion, and it's just not a thing. She's like, oh, "Okay, this is just how you solve problems. All right, I solve them differently. So let's figure out how to bring those two together." You yeah. know, um, and I actually wish more people had that opportunity, so that you know. Do you do you yeah. think
0: it's a it's a function of the fact that you actually had to stop and wait and listen and breathe? To get your help, your nine-year-old who's having a tantrum and screaming his head and in the corner, you couldn't just move on. You couldn't yeah. just walk. You 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 know you couldn't just pick him up and carry him out and and you know do all those things. You had to like make take that moment and and look into his eyes or whatever it is to figure out what are you trying to communicate.
2: Yes, and I actually also think it made us a better parent for our daughter.
0: Yeah, because. You're not dismissive of anything, I would think.
2: No. And and what it did was when he's doing that, then in the times where she needs something, then it gave us an opportunity to have a conversation with her about what was it that she needed and why did she need it. Now, it probably turned her into a, a bigger negotiator <laughs> because we were just not those people who were like, do it because mom said so. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, And it caused her to then be much more of an advocate for what she needed because we were able to really stop and listen to what they needed.
0: Mm -hmm. I would have to say that I think that your children were fortunate that you guys were their parents or are their parents. Sorry. Are their parents? Because I've heard about people, um, you know, friends, you know, other women and stuff we've talked to a- a- along the along the way here, who have shared with you know what it was like being the sibling of the the child who was sick, and they yeah. didn't get any sort of attention because everything went to the child who was sick. And I'm not saying that that your son is sick, but you're you know the child that's out of the, outside the norm. Yeah, and uh, the fact that you could listen as engaged and committed to what she has to say or needs as well as your son and what his needs are i think you you know i'm going to pat mm-hmm. you on the back because oh, not every parent does that for all yeah, their kids you can
1: take that lesson and then apply it to imp- all of them right
0: you know sometimes you're like oh my God, why you mean you know you know joey's not you know joey's autistic or joey's sick or joey's that i don't have time i've got to do my whole life has ended because right. of this X, y z, and i I need to only focus in on that child yeah. that needs that help and so I guess if there's something people can take away from listening to your story and and also you know reading and stuff is like if you can focus in on all of them,
2: yeah, if I could let anybody know anything about having an autistic child and um believe me, I get it, it's hard, but raising any child is hard mm-hmm. any child is mm-hmm. hard if you have two kids it's not twice as hard it is five times as hard and um and so there that's one of the reasons that i really struggle with that particular organization is because um it's it's as my son calls it it's pity porn well it it paints pity a bleak porn. picture um, and it
1: doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right? Uh, instead, you can build a world of understanding and empathy and actually raise yourself as a human being by going through right. that process. Yeah. So I'm, cu- I'm I'm curious, you mentioned that he was 15 when he received his diagnosis. You being in this field of education with youth, did you have suspicions at some point that you thought it might be autism at, like yeah. at some age where you're like, I think this is probably autism yeah. and... And yeah, at what point did you
2: around four, we thought that was he was four. on the spectrum, oh, okay, yeah, um and and how vast is that spectrum? Yeah, so the spectrum is um the the spectrum is wide, right? Mm-hmm. So it really goes from the uh, sensory integration disorder, which is where my my son was initially diagnosed of just like, I don't, I don't like stuff like it freaks me out to have sticky stuff on my hands and okay and what like what are the, what's that condemned level wise that is that would be um, higher than where Ryan is okay so that's that's decently manageable you know okay. that's just I, I have a friend that uh, she can't put socks on without lotion so that's okay. a variation of sensory integration disorder and there are different kinds of that so there are types where like I, I can't tolerate different sensations or there, I, I might need to have a ton of sensation. I mm-hmm. might need lots of, you know, high pressure and stuff like that. Um, what Ryan has, as I said, is commonly known as Asperger's. Although in the... In the educational world, in the medical world, it's it's really no longer called that. It's called level one.
1: Okay. And
2: the reason for that is because it was named Asperger's syndrome um, by the Nazis, and it was really. Like, yeah. like during the... During World War II. Really? Yes. And it was named that um, as a way, it was named after a Nazi, as a way to determine people who were f- high-functioning, like Ryan, mm-hmm. versus those who were not high-functioning, but oh had similar characteristics. And the ones who were who were identified with Asperger's could be saved. And oh the ones gosh. who were not Asperger's, but had autism would not be saved they were undesirables and so there were really at that point only two diagnoses: asperger's and autism and now we have um level one which is the asperger's level two and level three and those determine the the levels of support that a person would need i see yeah okay Okay, I'm just still
1: reeling about the fact that that actually has roots back to the Holocaust. And um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of awestruck by that.
0: It's all right. Do we want to take a little break? (laughs) Let's take a little break and then we'll we'll come back. That sounds Um, great. Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty heavy.
1: Thank you. We'll be right back. And we're back. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I needed to take a break there because I, I as soon as you start talking about the Holocaust, I mean, it is, to me, it is just one of the greatest tragedies that— Man I, has I,
0: perpetuated I, upon man. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I also feel like we are on the cusp of experiencing that again. And, you know— it, here in the United States, I just never thought that we could be the ones to do it. Yeah. And now with the, you know, what we're what's happening on the border, I just I feel like we're eking close to it. And um, so as soon as you brought that up, it brought this flood of thoughts to my mind, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I'm not sure what how to process all of that right now, but. I feel perhaps that this might be a valid time for us to actually talk about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have um the the camps on the border I have a very hard time with and for a lot of reasons and um only one of which honestly is that if we had been in Germany Ryan would have narrowly escaped extermination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with kids my entire career. I worked with kids who were brown and black and immigrants. And, um, you know, to see those pictures of kids in cages with eating rotten food and to debate whether or not getting soap and toothpaste and food is sanitary. I mean, we're, we're the United States, Regardless of what we call them, if we're debating that, we're on the wrong side. There's mm-hmm. that's just there is no debate about that. Period.
1: Humane treatment right. of other people. Like let's just I, I don't even I don't even care if it's wrong or right that they're at the border. I mean, I do care. We they are fleeing bad conditions. If they're coming here, they need help. Which so, by the which way, is, we
2: create it. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear about that. Right. Right.
1: So beyond that whole con that's a whole conversation itself let's just talk about humane treatment of other people we have invaded countries under the guise of the fact that you you know people are Um, not being right right Right.
0: humanitarian issues and we are we are perpetuating that on our own border and i find that it i find it just absolutely mind-boggling when um when when people. Uh, and usually it's on social media because yep. I haven't had this conversation face to face with somebody and I'm not sure how I would react when when they are uh, defending the fact that children have been separated from their parents or the treatment of the, the children and the women in, you know, in cages and have tell them to drink out of a toilet when they defend that by saying, well, they shouldn't have come here illegally. um and I and I, I find myself lots of times uh, so irate at the disconnect yeah in in the heart and the soul to how you treat somebody else and you know we think would we if we uh, relate this to what happened with the in the Holocaust and the Jewish people and 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 choices were made and people were taken from their their families I mean and they were entire you know, Entire villages exterminated yeah. because they didn't look like, or talk like, or think like the Nazis in charge. And if you have a chance to watch, there's two Netflix documentaries on Ben Ferenz, who was the 27 um, year old, ter- 27 years old at the time of the Nuremberg trials. He's like 99, almost 100 now, but. What he wrote when his opening arguments in the Nuremberg trials uh, just brought brought tears to my eyes when I e- equated it to, you know, where, how we live today, and um, and I'm going to paraphrase, and we will look and maybe ha- we'll mm-hmm, have the, sure. the actual yeah. quote on our website, but it's it's he, he was saying that people should humanity should be allowed to live in a world where they are free to be who they are. That they're not going to be killed because of their difference in race or creed. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's very yeah. short and um, because it was eloquent and it's beautiful. And and all we're doing to those to, to the people on the border is is um, decimating them because they don't look like. We do, and 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 because they don't, they don't, they they come from South America, Central America, and they weren't, they didn't have the luxury of being born in the United States. And so many people who who have a narrow view of what is happening down there are sitting from a very privileged point of view yes. because they were lucky that their parents fucked in the United States and they were born in the United right. States. Well
1: who knows who knew?
0: if they who, if your parents had done it somewhere else and you were born somewhere else, what would have happened to you? Well,
1: and who's to say that a generation or so previous to them, they didn't come here through right. similar measures. Well, and one of the
2: things that I've said to many people is, let's be really clear. Unless you are 100% Native American, your family just got lucky enough to come in through another border. That's all. I mean, my family came with the Irish potato famine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they came under really, really
0: similar circumstances. One of my friends posted on Facebook, she, uh, she was comparing the... Requirements needed to visit the United States if you are a Mexican citizen mm-hmm. versus a Canadian citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the Canadian border, you know, passport back very and forth, polite. very, very open, you know. Um, but for a Mexican citizen to come to the United States to visit, to go to Disneyland, mm-hmm. right? Right. They have to get a visa. It's like a three-month process. There's there's, there's papers involved. There's all this kind of stuff. There's delays. There's, Probably it's, a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. And then somebody said, wouldn't it be amazing if, this, if the country of Mexico applied those same standards to all of us right. Americans that are flying down to Cabo right. for the weekend? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. If they had to jump through the hoops to just go visit, Yeah. you know, go to Mexico City, go, you know, go to Cancun— yeah. you know what have, what would have happened on the love boat if they couldn't have stopped at Puerto Riata right? if people didn't have their if they didn't have their visas, right? Mm-hmm. And we are putting and we are so arrogant. yeah, arrogant to a, a potentially disastrous effect on our democracy, but we already know that it's been a disaster for those families. Yeah. and when we have children dying. I uh, last That's I knew there were six thing. to ten kids who've died. Plus, oh, and we're not, God. and we're not like
2: marching in the streets. Plus, the children who have been abused, and there's like oh, documented cases upon cases upon cases of kids who've been abused. Not to speak of the like widespread neglect of no food, spoiled food, not being able to shower. I mean, my God. Or, if or we had even, done that with our own children, even, they'd be taken away. Even
0: taking Right, exactly. And even like taking the you know, toddlers and ch- infants away from their mothers and then losing the documentation to connect them back. Right. I mean, how do you how, how do you go through life as a as a mother who's been sent back to central america knowing your oh baby is in the united so states tragic. and you don't know where they are and then the united states magically
1: oops we don't know
0: i don't, we don't know. care we don't know oh excel spreadsheet i don't know how to run that i mean how it's 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 what? offensive the the ineptness yeah. Yeah. Who, with who, people's lives
1: who is manning these camps and how can they stomach to do it and how come there isn't more of clearly you're right there you're seeing what's look, going look on back, How back can to the nazis. you
0: not look back to the nazis that were guards in the
1: concentration camps weren't, were th- my okay so my understanding from history books would be that they were afraid right mm-hmm. so they were doing that out of fear um are, some are, some were the, and some bought
0: right into it yeah
1: Okay, so So that's... I think it's... And there there
0: is... Someone would be like, it's my job. I'm supposed to do this. But But how can you... I just, I guess... I think they need to all be held accountable. Yeah.
2: There have been, you know, of course you see it on Facebook, so of course it has to be true, right? But um, there have been some, like, Facebook groups that have been exposed. Yes. And I'm optimistic enough to think that that's not everybody, but there is at least a pervasive culture of um you know there's there's definitely comments by lots of people in this Facebook group is well populated. I mean there's thousands of people in it.
0: And the Border Patrol Facebook yeah, page yeah. you're talking about? And the Facebook group they're and they're know, former and or it's for, former and, and current, current. Yeah. and it's they're making
1: pri- fun of oh, right. it's pri- it's a private enterprise that's it's managed, right? Yes. Yes. And so Well
0: no, I mean the Customs and Border Patrol is the US agency that hands it, but they have contracted with private, private for profit uh, yeah. groups.
1: So have they intentionally hired people that are the dredge of like are they are they intentionally I, hiring? I people think if you're not, are, can, you, I don't you, know,
0: you know, you 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 don't pay people a lot of money, and you have them, um, they have a self, they have a self. Um, uh, I'm thinking inflation, like the, like an inflated. There's an authoritarian sort of sense to what yeah, they yeah. can do. And right. then I read somewhere else that usually um, the Border Patrol is a stepping point to someplace else, someplace better. And so the people that are there aren't necessarily want to be there. They want to be someplace else. So they're just going to do whatever they have to do to get a better uh, assignment in a different location than on the border.
2: And I th- I think, you know, you set the tone from, the from top. above. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the administration it's has true. clearly set what the tone is. Right. And, you know, when Krista Nielsen is fired because she was too nice. Yeah. And she's in charge of the separations and the cages at the beginning and that was too kind and caring. Yeah. I, that, I, I have I, mean, no I, words I, for that. I so, wonder if they would
0: like that. Like the only thing that would satisfy them is if they lined them all up and shot them dead, mm-hmm. like in the firing squad, just like they did in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, would that make them happy? Well, I mean, oh, I, we don't have to worry about them because they came in here I mean, and really, I mean, hello, if they well, are they are fleeing and they are coming and they are seeking asylum, which is an international right, and we are. Uh, ignoring and flaunting the international right to seek asylum in another country so
1: that brings a point that i'm questioning where are okay Mm -hmm. where are the other countries saying america
2: you can't do that i've wondered that actually yeah i've i've wondered where's like
0: at the u.n why aren't we
2: being admonished in the u.n yeah
0: yeah i don't know why either is it i don't know i don't know why because, what he'll tweet about
1: them it, is it? Is yeah, it because there are other? I mean, unless, other it's, things at play. Well, Gosh, are, I if mean, I think, we, think won't about, get our,
0: we won't get our our aid or our help if we admonish the United States.
1: I mean, I just I think that there are more and more of these uh, autocratic leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's, it's 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 happening worldwide this is a trend yeah right yeah. we're not the only one mm-hmm. here no. in the united states and um i
0: it, it, no, but if we're not careful as a global community mm-hmm. uh, what kind of rabbit hole are we going to go down
1: yeah i
2: agree I if agree. we don't yeah. stand up but i'm wondering
1: if that's why from an international perspective we're not we're not getting, we're not getting the the pressure. Pressure. We're pressured yeah. yeah
0: i think I, I yeah people are being too nice to us
1: <laughs> I know. No, I think so. Yeah,
0: they're being too nice to us. But are, but are they afraid that the guy that, you know, in the administration is too quick on a, on a nuclear button?
2: I mean, we're certainly being made fun of globally. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And maybe people are just waiting for like, okay, so what's going to happen with in the election? If we, can just get, if we can just hold off till he's out in 2020. But, 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 but
1: here's the thing, guys. Girls, ladies, everybody— I feel like we're in it for another round. No, I think so, too. Because here's the truth it. Who's to of say it. that he
0: won't leave after eight years? Who's to say he doesn't reverse exactly. the right. FDR stuff, right? I, really... Who's to
1: say that he's going to go, right.
0: well, they just want me to be the king for the rest of their life, and then oh, move my Ivanka and Jared in as
2: the next, uh, you know, he's successors? Already, he's already, oh, yeah. you know, sort of tested that. I mean, right. he's he's...
0: Yeah, oh, so hey, it's 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 completely and totally
1: it's terrifying.
0: Terrifying it really is, is the right word.
1: And I, you know, I, I do I had a lot
0: of profanity that wanted to come out, but I appreciate you all <laughs> sort of
1: terrifying out terrifying. there
0: because because we were gonna have to just be like one long beep.
1: Right. Um
2: and we um, don't beep on our show. No,
1: I you know, the the truth of it is is that I feel that you know the people who are already terrified, mm-hmm. right? We're already not going to vote that way, right? Um, and unfortunately, in it, in order to uh, get some of the people who are on this, other, completely justify
0: it's okay to put all, children right? in cages because oh my god they're going to hurt you. Right. This this you know or they're making six month much- old baby right. is going to like take away your job. <laughs> oh or, my god, it's here's gonna, my favorite. Or
2: they're going to steal our jobs and be on welfare at the same time. Right. That is, I'm like, huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, that six-month-old
0: right. baby that, you know, of course, yeah. you know, and why don't, you know, why doesn't that six-month-old baby speak out for themselves when they go to immigration court? Really? Right. Really? These are
1: the same people who are ruling that you, you know, if if a woman is shot. Oh, my God. You know, could well, be on trial for manslaughter. But for they, manslaughter. Did, they, they, they did, did
0: reverse that in the state of Alabama. They are no longer going to charge her for.
1: But these are the same people that are trying to protect lives in womb, right? even those of, yeah,
0: yeah, you know. yeah. Heartbeat, the heartbeat right, bill, you know, that you baby know. inside a woman's body doesn't actually build, you know, the woman has to car- carry it to
2: term. Um, but, but those heartbeats matter more so. Totally don't matter. You know, the, right. the ones in cages so don't any of these Heartbeats people that are encased in a uterus
0: are way more important than, you know, heartbeats that Unless are. Unless they're in brown skin. It, well, if they're in brown skin, their heartbeats don't matter. Right completely uh, according to them right
1: so i feel the unfortunate truth is is that in order to get some of those people swinging over from the right and unf- as much as, as much as i loathe to say this coming from a podcast of clitorally speaking i feel like it's gonna have to be a man i agree to get those to get those to swing over. Well, I don't think we've got a cu- we've got a couple of amazing women, right? Oh, we're, no, we okay, do. So we're talking
0: about like who would possibly but, be but able I to But I do elected. not
1: think that we are going to be able to successfully get any of those people
2: who are over on that side
1: shift over to, to shift over to vote him to out. get
2: him out. I think you're right. I think it's it's sort of like in the lgbtq community things started to shift and started to move when we had um when we had straight allies Mm -hmm. because then it wasn't like you're trying to take over our lifestyle the straight community started to come out and say this is really not a big deal your marriage does not impact my marriage right Right. so i think you're absolutely right
1: Mm mm-hmm i you know I'm not happy about saying
2: that. Well, <laughs> but I think it's just the truth. But, and that's why can, I feel we can, like we're, we're we really in it. We can still be strong women and have male allies. Those two things are not... I think that's a good point. Not yeah. mutually exclusive. Yeah.
0: And we need to be strong and we need to be angry and we need to let people know that it is not okay no matter what the circumstances is circumstances are for the United States to be putting people in cages, men, women, babies in cages because and with an aluminum right, blanket right. on our border that is, an, that is an inhumane and offensive It's a treatment. representation it's of a represent- our country It is. It, re- it represents us here in St. Louis as well as Portland as well as New York City, as well as as you know Jefferson any, City, any, as well any as, any as city, Dubuque, USA. Iowa, right? It, it, and we are better than that. We we are so should much hold ourselves that. to be better than that. Yes, but by allowing this to happen, we are telling the world that we are not right. That we are on the same par as every single other country out there who has perpetuated acts of genocide. Right? right. Yeah. That's, I mean, we need to, we need, we should be marching on the border. We should be, we should be marching. We should be, we should be going in there and take, and taking those children Mm -hmm. and, 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 and freeing them Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and not letting them get into the, the, the system to be fed wherever, you know? I, I, it's, and, and I, and I, I don't know when I, when I get pushback from people who, who only listen to one propaganda source right. and and are fed that and and spoon fed and they eat it up like it's ice cream. Yeah. When they respond to you know an article that I might share, and it's so it it it's so
1: hateful mm-hmm.
0: that I I just it's
1: amazing that that much hate I, is around,
2: isn't it? You know it is. Um, and and I had a. Friend of mine, actually, the other day, say, you know, just unfriend me because we're never going to see eye to eye. And I said, I don't work that way. You know, um, I really disagree with you, and I find your view on this to be just abhorrent. But um, if if I'm just going to unfriend people who don't agree with me, then we we will never come to understanding you have walked point. a different road than i have and i don't know what you've experienced that have led you to this place in your life and you don't know what's led me to mine and unless we can have that dialogue we're never going to come to understanding and i may never ever ever convince you that this what we are doing on the border is wrong mm-hmm. but i hope that you can we can at least come to a place where we can agree to g- disagree Right. And possibly over
0: time, that perspective changes. Yes. And sometimes I feel like people throw those defenses up because they don't understand why they should be they they possibly don't understand why they should be so upset about it right. from from where right. we're sitting because of everything that they've been fed on um, on the propaganda side and so their defense goes up you're wrong you're crazy you're just a you're just a libtard or whatever yep, else yep. they want to call us and because they're afraid to because they don't understand yet right. but given time with evolution, you know things change in perspectives, and oh, okay, I get, I get it now. I get why this was so passionate to you, and and but you don't have to. We don't have to actually be there when that happens, right? You know, I I know in my heart, I don't have to actually see that aha moment come, right?
1: Well, Anne, um, I think it's amazing that you. Um I because I could see in the heat of the moment being like fine unfriend me. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you are like, no, no, no. Keeping this connection is important. That conversation has to stay alive. And to your point, Michelle, viewpoints change. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and I um now, of course, I've been in St. Louis for seven years. My perspective has changed. Oh yeah. A lot. And I'm so thankful for it. Um, I actually have had no idea like how tainted my perspective was <laughs> yeah. until having been put into a completely different environment yeah. and being, you know, my eyes being open to it. So, um, I have many I, many I can friends agree with you there, myself
0: yeah. included. Yeah, my perspective has changed so much over the last. 10 years. Mm-hmm. And and that's because of influences of my children and, and people that they yeah. know or, you know, work or, or, or uh, you know, protests that happen in St. Louis and stuff like that. And education. I mean, education.
2: Yeah. Reading and learning and, right. and, and growing. Always, always remembering, you know, that there's, there's what I see. There's what you see. And those could be different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And... And take your son, yes. what he sees,
1: you know? Yeah,
2: and and that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means you're seeing something that I don't. Now, that doesn't mean that like, you know, okay, you're seeing kids in cages and suddenly that becomes like completely humanitarian. But <laughs> but apparently you don't have as big a problem with it as I do. <laughs> and I don't know where that's okay. No, but again, you, you may have yeah. had an experience that I'm not aware of that informs your perspective on that i've had an incredibly diverse life and so for me i'm like bring everybody in it's awesome you know we're only better for all of the diversity you may have had really bad experiences with diversity and i can say that until i'm blue in the face and you know you may need a little bit more experience that's positive than what you've had you know and so, just to discount that and go, "Oh my God, you're racist!" isn't isn't real. That's not fair. That's it's just a matter of knowing okay. what road you yeah you walk. And I hear you, but
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna push back right now because I feel like, again, as open human beings, we're continuing to allow that space for those people to stay in our lives when they would pull the trigger first. They would they would they would cut that now, tie first. And don't
2: misunderstand me, this is not about there's some fine people on both sides. Okay. Even a little bit. Okay. Not even a little bit. Um but what I'm talking about is um I I know a few people that grew up with in uh rural areas with like they've never met a person of color in their life. Right. Their only exposure is what they see on the news. Okay. And so their only belief is if I come into contact with a person of color, I will be you shot. Yeah. And so they just, you know, I push back with them all the time of like, so let me tell you my experience. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: I right. grew up in the <laughs> They're city. They're afraid of you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up in the city and I walked around South St. Louis with my friends. It was a very different time. We walked around, went to the movies at 10 o'clock at night. With like 10 of us and mm-hmm. here I am still alive, you know, yeah. I worked in places that you would call completely dangerous in the hood. I walk around my neighborhood in South St. Louis at nine o'clock at night and go down yeah. to the convenience store. Yeah. Again, still safe, still fine. So okay. maybe, yeah. so maybe yeah. the
1: lesson is the challenge is everybody should try one new thing a month. Yes. And it might be. However, it is not putting a child in a cage on the border. No. I'm going to draw the line there. No, yeah. no. There, that is, not, that not, is one... not something you should try. Not one Maybe good... <laughs> marching against it yes. would be something yes. you testing. should try. Writing that advocating,
2: letter. Advocating for change, I think, is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that can be a can that can be a continual yes, thing that you thing. do every month. Yeah,
1: because I'm sure there are things that you've tried. Yes. That you're like, that's now something I this do. This is now a thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. And Everybody, let's and, try and, one new thing. And maybe shoot for that one thing to be something that can make positive change. Yes.
0: Because it's within our power to make that positive yes. change happen. It really is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's
0: right. And Fantastic. Thank you so much. I have, yeah, have a sip left in, in my I just adore you. I nope, can't wait for
1: me. more conversations. Yes, thank with you, you so much. Oh my goodness. Thanks for coming on the
0: show. Yeah. We're really appreciate it. I you're appreciate amazing. It too. And we're lucky you to too. have you here in St. Louis. Thank you. I'm so
1: glad you're in my neighborhood. Yes. We'll be having more wine. Love it. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Cheers. cheers.